This week in Nintendo Main, Merry Christmas. It's our Christmas bonus episode for the week of Christmas. We're going to do our top five favorite Christmas games. We're going to roll around the snow a little bit. And we're going to have fun. Snow is always fun. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Main episode bonus Christmas bonus. We have no number for this one, or we could call it 102, whatever, one or the other. Anyway, we're your host, yeah, 99.5. Are we well? We'll be this is actually 101.5. 101.5. Oh, 101.5. Yes, okay, we are in the time that we're in right now. We're not going to tell you what time we're at. Anyway, I'm your host, Trey Days of Christmas Johnson. I think that's what it's called, or Christmas Days. There's some weird-ass Super Nintendo game <laughs> that I put on my winter episode, D-A-Z-E of Christmas. I'm Jeremy Snowglobe Mikowski. And I'm John. What's that level from Mario Kart 64, the winter level? Frap Snowland? Frappe Snowland, that's me. I'm I mean, John Frappe Knitter. There's a couple of them. <laughs> yeah, there's Frap Snowland. There's two, at least. There's that one and the other one. Anyway, yeah, we're here We're here to give our uh, drunken uh, Christmas bonus episode for you here. We're going to do our top five favorite Christmas slash winter games. As, we've had a lot of eggnog. Yeah, we've had a lot of eggnog with uh, rum and whiskey and whatever else in there. So uh, who wants we'll to start? Who wants to start for number five on this? We'll jump right into it. We're not going to do the news because it's Christmas and fuck the news. That's what I say. There's no news. All that. All, the only news I know is that that dude with the big reindeer guy things came in my chimney. <laughs> that sounds like so like gross. <laughs> it's like the, I know. the dude with the dude with the big reindeer. He came in my chimney. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> and happy Hanukkah as well for our Jewish listeners and all that. I think happy Hanukkah. Whatever you celebrate. I think Hanukkah is way better than Christmas. They got like eight days. That's eight days of gifts. That's awesome. Versus one day of gifts. That's all I'm saying. It's way cooler. And I like the uh, the the candle thing they got going on. It's pretty rad. And the food isn't just Thanksgiving part two. It's probably good food. It's not just more turkey. <laughs> yeah. Well, ham's a good thing to have for Christmas. But uh, yeah, this. But you know, Christmas has already happened. We're after Christmas here. But regardless, let's talk about games that you got for Christmas, or games that remind you of Christmas, or games that remind you of snow, or whatever. I'll do my. T- I'll be. I'll do number five. I'll do the first one. Sure. My number five. One of my easy go tos for Christmas winter games. SSX Blur for the Nintendo Wii. It's uh, if you listen to the WRT radio last year for winter games, that song's on there. But uh, first SSX game I ever played was on the Wii, and I thought it was pretty rad. You could do moves by like making motions with your hand. You can make a heart, and you do a move for that. Whatever. But it has a kick-ass soundtrack. It's all on the snow. It's all wintry. And uh, I even played it last year. Like, brought out, broke out the Wii to play it again. And it's a fun winter game. Yeah, I'm sure I'll stream it at some point this year once uh, it gets more wintry, you know, in January or something. But that's my number five. What do you guys got for number five? Number five, uh, I'm going to do my personal Christmas games, games that I got for Christmas. So not necessarily winter-related. That's sure. Uh, uh, that's fine. Mine is... Eternal Champions. That's number five. Oh, wow. I have that uh, game. Yeah. I got that for Christmas, and I want to say fifth grade. Uh, the reason that's number five for me is because not only did I get Eternal Champions, I got the Activator, the Sega Activator. Which, oh, God. Yeah. To me, that just like <laughs> blew my mind. That was like the first step into VR back in the day for me. I thought at the time, for those who don't know what the Activator was, it was this big ring that you stand in. And you put uh, your hands to the over it. Anyway, any movement that you make exactly is going to be translated into the game. And so I took that to mean as you know, a fifth grader. I thought like if, if like I like pick my nose and the game, Sonic would pick his nose or something like that. You know, oh, like yeah. anything that I, I do, they do in the game. I thought it was one to one, right? Like, I thought it was one to one, but um, it was not that way. What it actually turned out to be was when you wave your hand over the 
the ring at a particular point that registers as the A button or the C <laughs> button or whatever. It's so like pre, a, uh, yeah. You could do a kick. You could do a, a lower move. Like if you if you if you waved your hand your foot over it or something, that would be a different move. But that was about all the complexity. Um, the, the game that came with it was Eternal Champions, which I very quickly after about like two weeks stopped really using the activator and just started playing Eternal Champions with the Genesis controller. And it was a cool game. I liked it. Well, I'm sure it's pretty hard to like throw a, a Doken or the equivalent of a Doken by like moving your hands across the whatever, right? Because right. can you can you move like the uh, control pad in some way, like by moving your hands across that activator or whatever? Or is yeah, it like, just it was the... hard to navigate the menus and everything, and you know you'd select the wrong mode by accident. So yeah. usually I would just set up the game with the controller and then switch it to the activator and then start playing that game. Or sometimes if I was like feeling adventurous, I would select the two-player game and then I would have the activator, but I'd also be using the controller. I'd be fighting myself. Yeah. I did that a couple times, yeah. <laughs> well, sure, yeah, you can, like, play the controller and then, like, kick your feet over or whatever, make it work. Right. It sounds like the precursor to, like, the Wii, pretty much, where, like, some motion control things were like, oh, shake it, but that could be a button, you know, where this one's like, put your hand over a thing to basically do the button. So it's like, right. this could be easily done on a controller. You know, it kind of reminds me of that motion it's control like stuff. kind of like a middle man between the, uh, the power pad and the Wii. Like it was a thing you put on the floor, but then it, it required you to use your your hands and feet to do motions. Yeah, and uh, you know, all of it was crap. So. so it was like firing like infrared beams, and you were like interrupting them by crossing them or something like that. Right, exactly. probably. Yeah, yep. yeah. It's like why or no wait, they don't have why. It's like A, B, C. You know, like whatever you put in front of it. I guess <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But Eternal Champions is still pretty good, though, right? I mean, I have that game. I bought it for. Four dollars, five dollars, I think. When I was in Champagne, yeah, you got a deal. Last. It's a solid fighting game. I like it. Yeah, I haven't played much of it, even though it is in the W A R T Radio Fighting episode. There is an Eternal Champion song in there, I'm so I always represent the the Sega songs. But uh, yeah, I have it, but I haven't played a whole lot of it. But it was one that I was like, oh, I should get this because I was kind of shot. It's fun. Well, I always kind of wanted it when I was in high school. I remember seeing advertisements for it in comic books when I was reading them, and I was like, oh, that looks cool. So, but I haven't played it all a lot, but it does look cool. I have to try it out for sure. Definitely after this. What's your number five, Jeremy? Number five. I kind of went off uh, the beaten path for this a little bit because uh, we've done this before. Uh, I'm going to think of a game that I played on Christmas. I played uh, Phantom Hourglass, as I recall. I bought that game oh. shortly before I was hanging out with my family for Christmas. And maybe I was towards the end of the game. I can't remember. In fact, I remember beating the game while I was at my family's house on Christmas Day. So uh, that was a great game. That was a total surprise that they, they were able to make an entirely touchscreen Zelda game. And yeah. It like, worked. I'm surprised they haven't ported either of those to mobile. I mean, maybe they have to work around the second screen, but they oh, did a really good yeah. job with like capturing all that Zelda gameplay with just touching the touchscreen exclusively. Well, that might take away from the uh, Wii U sales of the uh, DS Virtual Console, right? Because you, right, can, get, you so. can get it for Wii U. I don't. I don't feel like Nintendo would be one to do that. You know, like they would never re-release something that they have for their other systems as a mobile game. You know, no, it doesn't seem that way. It seems like they want it to be unique. Well, they yeah, want things they that w- are developed with that technology in mind. Well, they want you to play it the way that they wanted you to play it originally, you know? And <laughs> they don't want it to be... Even though I guess, like, playing it on the Wii U would be different, but still it has, like, a stylus and all that. So, actually, I always liked... Uh, I always liked playing some of those DS games on the Wii U, like, vertical, where I'd, like, just hold the system and just do the bottom part. You know, mm-hmm. where you have, like, the two screens. That was, if it was, like, a stylus-only game, like, it real worked really well like that. That game does work really well holding the Wii U vertically. Yeah, no, that's a cool game. And I'm sure there's some sort of snow level in there somewhere, you know, <laughs> if you're thinking winter stuff as well. Right. But, uh, yeah, I was just, I was happy to have something to do during Christmas when everyone else was doing their own thing. And, uh, For sure. Yeah, it's always good. to. Well, back then on the DS, it might have been kind of weird to have a DS and playing it while people are talking to you. Whereas, like, nowadays, which I think is one thing that's great about living in the information age and all that, is that everybody has their fucking phone out. So, like... If you like, like when I was at my mom's house, I'd be like, 
I'd be like holding the Wii U gamepad, like playing it, and like nobody would say anything because like everybody has their phones out, and I'm like, nobody's like, what are you doing? I'm like, yeah, just sitting here playing this, you know. But nobody would say that. I'd just be playing it, and nobody said anything because they're used to people having screens in front of their faces, you know. So it's kind of nice. Like be criticized. Hey, like put your game away, you know. Be like, well, put your phone away. Everybody else is doing the same thing. I was saying it was nice for me because now I could just like I could bring the DS out or I could bring the Wii U out, and nobody would say anything, you know, because everybody's always on their phone and like. I don't think my mom even knew what it was. Like, she probably thought it was an iPad or something that I was playing with. And I'm just, like, playing Smash Brothers over here. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's crazy. My sister said that or whatever, you know. <laughs> I was, like, having a conversation about playing Smash Brothers Wii U, like, just right there. Yeah, like a one-year-old, right? like, rolling around on the floor with an iPad, like. Yeah. <laughs> every, everybody uses game, like, has a screen in front of their face now. No, they do. So you can, like, totally. They, but we, of, we were doing it first. No, of course we were, but it was weird. Like, if I had my Game Boy, they'd be like, why are you playing Game Boy? Be with the family. But now, like, everybody's doing that. So I'm like, that's kind of cool where I can just be like, oh, here, I got my Switch. Yeah. From my face. But now. I can't judge you for it anymore. Yeah. Nobody does. Nobody thinks it's weird because they think it's something else, you know? And I've been able to do that in a lot of family gatherings where I'm just like, I'm playing my Nintendo system. They're like, what kind of phone is that? I'm like, that's not a phone, it's a video game system. Remember those? But whatever, you know, it gives me an excuse to at least, like, you know, play games and just be in my own world for a minute. Where it's like, oh, yeah, you guys talk about family members. I'm just going to, like, shoot some demons on Doom over here. Leave me alone, you know. Just don't spill gravy <laughs> on your Switch. Well, yeah, don't do that. Anyway, number four. Are we at number four? Number four. Uh, so maybe I should go to uh, – let's switch to one that reminds me of winter and one I got for Christmas. You guys both do Christmas ones. My other go-to that I always go to for my top of top five winter games is uh, Diddy Kong Racing because I got that for Christmas when it came out, and uh, there are there are some winter levels in there. But I always think of that for Christmas, you know, rolling it's around. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like I like the boss battles. Uh, Whiz Pig is still an asshole, but you know, whatever. But uh, they, you know, it was a fun game. I played a lot of it. Like it was one of my. It was whatever year that came out. I want to say like ninety eight. No, it, it it I thought it was pre ninety eight, right? It had to have been like ninety seven or ninety six. It actually it might have been ninety seven, but anyway, I got it for Mario Christmas. Kart, Mario Kart was ninety seven. I think no, Ma- no was Mario Kart was ninety six. Mario Kart came out in the first year of the system. I remember that. I think it was. I think Mario Kart was no. Well, either that or it was like, the very beginning of ninety seven. Beginning of ninety seven. Yeah, Mario yeah. Kart was ninety seven, and I think Diddy Kong was ninety eight, or it was later on in ninety seven. Well, Diddy Kong was Diddy Kong was post Mario Kart. I know that for sure. Right, right. But I want to say that it's Christmas '97 for Diddy Kong. Well, because Diddy Kong Racing used actual like uh, polygons for your character in Mario Kart '64. You were still sprite a sprite. That's true. Yeah, it had better graphical capability, and I was right. In November '97, no, November twenty fourth, nineteen ninety seven. We missed the 20th anniversary of Diddy Kong Racing on our show, unfortunately. Oh, because, no. But, well, that's because we did a better game. We did a, well, maybe it's not a better. It is a great game, though. We did a WCW versus NWO World Tour, which came Much out around game. the same time of Diddy Kong Racing. But I really, that's really sad. like WCW. I know Jeremy doesn't, but I do. It's okay. I mean, it's, you know, it's a thing. But maybe I it's got both. It's a thing that I just never, like... <laughs> I played the wrestling games. I just never, I only really ever played them if I was with my friends when they were playing them. I never played them on my own. Sure. But anyway, that uh, apparently I remember that one more as a, <laughs> more as a Christmas game than I do WCW. Probably because I kept playing WCW like way longer than I did Diddy Kong Racing. No offense, Diddy Kong Racing, but the WCW versus NWO did stick with me as long as it took to get to uh, Revenge and 2000 and No Mercy and so on and so forth after that. But uh, yeah, regardless, I still, when I think of wintertime and Christmas, I think of Digicong Racing. And uh, it was cool. Uh, Banjo-Kazooie's in there. There's like a Conquer pre-Crazy Conquer. He's in there also, like before they got to like the actual Conquer Bad Fur Day Conquer. There's like when he's like a clean game before it like became right. a story did, about how he got drunk like, and getting, uh, getting home. In some ways, it did sort of like show what was going to happen with Mario Kart. Because like, wasn't there a thing where you could like... If you did something right before a boost, you got a turbo boost. Like if you jump right before you hit it, which ended up being a Mario Kart thing eventually. Yeah, I think something like that. I think if you hit a button or something at the right time. Yeah. And then of course, like the flying and then the 
I guess the hovercraft's not quite the submarine kind of thing, but well, no, it, but yeah, no, the, it did. the alternate yeah. modes of locomoting through the uh, yeah, there's an air mode and a water mode. Mm-hmm. You know, you're right. I mean, that's basically what became well Mario Kart seven and eight, like pretty much was ape and the the Diddy Kong racing stuff. You know, I guess it's not like quite the hovercraft or like an all plane level, but there still is a lot of like air stuff and a lot of water stuff and all that. So. The mechanics are similar where you're like flying through rings instead of, you know, I just wanted driving to, over stuff and then, like, yeah. yeah, I just want it to be like an open world, like Diddy Kong racing was, you know, where you could like race around and you could fight like bosses and all that shit. Like that was the most fun part. Right, about secrets. It. Yeah. Well, I mean, you remember like the bosses, like there's a big uh, triceratops that you race and you get to race whiz pig. And like, like, like that was like all the cool stuff. Until you get to the second half where you got to collect all those silver coins, which I hated doing that shit. But aside from that, it was fun, you know. But it is, but it is a good game. That's my number four. What do you guys got for number four, John? Number four is the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on NES. I got that for Christmas in 1989. That's that's a hard fucking game. It's a hard game. You didn't ask As for. I was about to find out when I was uh, how old was I? Seven years old. You know, that's pretty brutal. Like, imagine that being seven years old. Yeah, I got a Ninja Turtles game. I've been asking for it for Christmas. Cool, yeah. first Ninja Turtles game. Then I ran down. I remember I ran downstairs, like, immediately after the last present was open. I plug in the game, uh, start playing it, and, like, die immediately. And oh, die yeah. again, and yeah. die again, and die again. <laughs> and uh, it tested my Ninja Turtles fandom at that point. I was like, okay, this is, like, I remember thinking it was kind of weird, like none of the characters were from the show. Uh, none of the bad guys. Whatever it was like the guy with the chainsaw. Like I never saw a guy with the chainsaw on the TV show. It's a um, shame. There should be a guy with the chainsaw. Always. There should be. There should be. Yeah, I just remember I, I still liked the game as a kid because it was Ninja Turtles and there were there were parts of it that were, that were cool. But um, for mostly for me, I, I mention it just because my excitement for getting the game. Like I, I, you guys remember that N64 kids where they freak out about the yeah. 64 like that was me with ninja turtles that christmas and so i just i always remember that plus had I you have played the, had had you played and the arcade game at that point no i had not played the arcade game at that so point. at least you at least you didn't think it was going to be that and it turned out to be something else right 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 I wasn't that's what happened that. to me when i played that game the first time i was like what this isn't at all what i thought it was going to be yeah that's no, what i was sucks. thinking that maybe you asked for two and you got one and you're like what <laughs> i don't want that one yeah, yeah, and I also just remember it because uh, I think that was the first Christmas that we have on on VHS. Like we would videotape all our Christmases, and so I still have that moment of me getting my Ninja Turtles blowing up and running downstairs to play the game. This is trying to taunt you with yeah. the with the music. <laughs> It's got a sick soundtrack, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a that's a hard one to do. Well, you know, my roommate Conan, like, uh, he uh, he got Turtles one. I don't know for his birthday or for Christmas or something, but he like he said that was like one of the only games that he had. So he basically played it and studied it, and he was actually able to beat it. Were you ever able to beat that game, the Turtles one? Yeah. Yeah, I beat the game eventually. Because it's yep. fucking hard. It's like on the level really of hard. like Maximum Carnage, where well, that's like my game, like on the same level where like I've only beat it twice, and I like don't know how I did it because it was like so fucking hard. It's one of those yeah. things like it's so balls out crazy that it's like you might be able to do it, you might not, you know. But you really got to study the fuck out of it. And Conan did; he did beat it for me on the Virtual Console, uh, like on the Wii Virtual Console. We remember when it was re released and it was like six bucks. Came out right. like ten years ago or whatever. Anyway, I downloaded it and I have it on my Wii, and he played through the whole thing. Like, and he's like, "That's probably the, he's like probably that's probably the second time I've ever played through that game." But yeah, it's an insane, insanely hard game. And one thing, uh, you know, like we talked about on the Wizard when we did that live episode that we did, uh, you know, that was a cool reference that they made in that movie. They talk about the Metal Turtle and like uh, Christian Slater plays that game and all that. But they're actually right what they say about that game in that movie that we talked about. I gotta beat the Mecha Turtle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the Mecha yeah, Turtles hard as fuck. Bridge is doing the video game thing in movies where they're just like pressing whatever buttons and like waving the controller all over the yeah. place. Look at me, I'm playing a video game. 
But he's yeah. correct. As I'm saying, he's correct though what he's saying. That mecha turtle is fucking hard. He's difficult. <laughs> and it's cool they brought him back in the new turtle show, which is really good. If you haven't seen that, the Nickelodeon one. But oh, the, Bridges? No, no, the mecha turtle is the in the, is in the yeah. new is in the new turtle show. Where uh, the guy who was the voice of Raphael is now the voice of Donatello. His name is Robert Paulson. He's one of the greatest uh, cartoon voices of all time. That's really his name is, is Robert Paulson. I don't know if they're referencing him in Fight Club, but that's him. He did. He was like he was Arthur from The Tick. He was like Yakko from Animaniacs. He's fucking awesome. He does a bunch of shit. Anyway, Jeremy, number four. Numero cuatro. I'm going to go with Shadows of the Empire. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, but. Oh, Shadows. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Far before I ever got. There's a lot of snow uh, in that game for sure. And Hoth. Before I before I ever got my first uh, Nintendo sixty four, my best friend in high school got got it first for Christmas, and uh, I used to go hang out at his house and like spend the night like once every you know every couple weekends I'd spend the night, um, and when I would, he would just let me play a sixty four because he would go to bed at like ten or eleven, like he 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 went to bed early and I would stay oh, up all night. Playing you stay up till like four, just playing through all of it. So I just remember like sitting there in the dark, like two or three in the morning, which you know was crazy late for me at that point in my life, and just like playing Shadows of the Empire for hours and staring at this little. He had like a little uh, like nine or thirteen inch TV that was hooked up to nine, <laughs> nine inch TV. It was tiny. it was one of those really small like yeah, that's fucking tiny, probably, like thirteen inch TV. That's not even a foot. The 13 inches is a little over a foot. I mean, that's tiny. Yeah. So it was a really small TV. I'm I'm sure you guys remember those little tiny TVs we used to have back in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. I used to have one of those. That was black and white. Yeah, see? So this was at least color. But yeah, I played the game for hours and hours, and I just remember being blown away by, you know, this is one of the first. He didn't have Mario 64, so that was the first like fully 3D game I really, like adventure game I got to play, yeah. I think. So it was very special Mario for me. 64? He did not get that. He didn't care about it. He never did. Wow. Wow. Well, he got it for Shadows. I mean, Shadows, like, I, I love Shadows, like, but I had a similar thing. Like, my best friend from high school, like, he uh, he got Shadows. Like, he got Shadows for Christmas, but I didn't because all I got was Mario, which I was fine from getting Mario. But I remember that at the time, like, you know, 64s were so hot and the games were so hot that, like, I remember going to, like, Babbage's in the mall and uh, they had Shadows, and they were selling it for, like, $100. They're like, we have Shadows of the Empire, and it's just going for $100. I'm like, you fucking assholes. Like, that's – because that was that crazy, like, Wild West time where you're like – there was not a set – you know, there there wasn't a set actual, like, price for games. Like, when right. WCW versus NWO came out, that was priced as, what, like, $70 or something like that? Like, even Which in one? the 90s? The WCW game. Like that commercial that you, that you showed me, isn't that like sixty nine ninety nine? Pretty much, it was priced at seventy. I think it was, yeah, yeah, for the nineties, which is what, like a thousand dollars now or something, or like three hundred dollars yeah. or whatever. I mean, it's insane. Like that was the wild west of games where they had not actually set a price for games. So I remember walking by fucking Babbage's in the Peoria Mall, and they had Shadows of the Empire in the window, and it said ninety nine ninety nine. Like right on, the, and I'm like, uh, whole, I'm like, really? I'm, and I and I was at least. Did it come with like a land speeder or something? No, I mean, at least I knew. I was like, all right, these guys are fucking you over because they're the only ones here. They're probably the only ones in this city that have this game, and and I could tell it right then. I'm like, all right, you guys are fucking us over. You're like, yeah, you got this game that nobody else has, and you got to pay a hundred dollars for it. I, at least I could tell that because. Who knows? We might have got it for seventy at the time. I don't know. I don't fucking know what I that, got. Games that's for so far back time. that you could buy computer parts at the same place that you're buying your video games. The Babbage's? Yeah. Yeah. Can you like buy like? I don't think we had it at our Babbage's. Shit. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I never looked at PC stuff. I mean, I know they did have PC games there, but I remember you could. They could like. They would like print out a big sheet that would show you like all the re- release dates of the upcoming games, yeah. or or like whatever they thought was going to be the release dates. But Babbage's was the first, like, you know, GameStop or whatever. It was the first, like, all-game place, so we liked going there. But, yeah, I remember I was like, fuck you, Babbage's, just because you're the only one with fucking shadows. That's not cool. And they yeah. probably sold it to some, like, you know, rich family or some poor guy that, like, really wanted the game and put 100 bucks for it or whatever. But, but yeah, Shadows is a really cool game. Like, I I remember yeah. my mom found it at Best Buy later, like, in mid-January or something, and, and, uh, and then I got to play it later. But I, I played the shit out of that game. I played through the levels over and over and over again. If you play through it on the hardest difficulty, the credits, they do, like, sort of a Monty Python thing where they make, like, the little, 
you know, it's like this guy got sacked by this guy or whatever. Like it imitates the Holy Grail, like opening credits and all that. If you beat on the hardest difficulty. But yeah, that was a fun game. I really liked it a lot. You reminded me of my number three game, which I'm going to say right yeah, now. Yeah, but anyway. Um, or once after after you get done. Yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, you were kind of alluding to it, but one thing that really made stand out to me in my memory as a Christmas game, other than playing it around Christmas, was that it does have a lot of snow in it. You start out on Hoth. Yeah. And then eventually you're, like, you're hanging out with Wampas and everything, so that's cool. But, uh. <laughs> If by hanging out you mean killing them, then yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're fucking bullet sponges too, man. No, oh, no, they are. But, uh, no, they totally are. They're fucking huge, and you have to shoot them three hundred times, something like that. But I didn't like. I didn't give a dang about that game, but I ended up liking it a lot. Which, in retrospect, I've tried playing it since, and it's pretty hard. Like it's, it's tough, and the controls aren't as great as they could be. No, the, yeah. tex- the textures are super muddy, so you can't always. Like I actually got lost at one point. Yeah, it's really dark. I tried to play it recently because yeah. like the the textures were so fucked up that I couldn't even like tell what was a wall, what was the floor, and the light like the light was kind of dim. I was in a cave, and uh, yeah, I don't know if I tried to play it again with the brightness turned up, it might work a little better. But yeah. still, I, I remember that game fondly, and somehow I was playing it on a little tiny TV and having a great time. And uh, there you go, that's my number four. Yeah. There was a, I haven't put it up on YouTube yet, but I did a stream of Doom 64, which I really liked that game. But there was a part where I got completely stuck because everything was so dark that I couldn't figure out where the fuck I was. Then I ended up turning up the brightness all the way on my tube TV. And that's the only way I could figure out that there's like a staircase like on the wall. Like it's not 3D, it's like in the texture and that's how you get out of it. It's ridiculous. But yeah, I wanted to edit it together at some point to where you could see my frustration of being in the darkness, but it reminded me of that. But what's really cool of uh, about Shadows of the Empire is, you know, that opening part on Hoth, like that o- that opening like uh, vehicle part, that was what inspired uh, Rogue Squadron and all those games. Like they basically were like, hey, that level's really cool. Let's make a bunch of games based on that. Or like, or they're like, let's make a whole game based on that. And that's where Factor Five like got the idea for Rogue, Rogue Squad and all that shit. It was like, hey, uh, this is an amazing Hoth battle that we have here. What if we did a whole game like that, where it was all like, you know? And then we got all those amazing games. So did Factor Five do cool. Shadows of the Empire too? I don't know if they, I, I don't know if they did, but I I thought I would I would I want to say that they did, but uh, let's find out real quick. I thought it was just Lucas Arts. No, well, I mean, yeah, they worked they worked under Lucas Arts. I mean, Shadows of the Empire is its own thing. I mean, if you want to get into the how it's like this fucking book that somebody wrote, and you know, uh, you know, John Williams even did a soundtrack to Shadows of the Empire. Believe it or not, did you know that you can buy it? You can buy it on a really, yeah. I remember it being like a very big release at the time. Like, I think wasn't it before? I mean, it was before even the special editions of the films that came out. So I remember. I thought it was seeming like it, it was it was the next Star Wars. Oh, no, it was. That's what they were trying to push it to. Yeah. Was that it was the next... Because uh, Dash, what's-his-face, was like the... Uh, Dash Rendar. He was like, an assi- <laughs> he was like an assistant to Luke or something, or he was his, like he was training under Luke? or No, Dash, was it? Dash Rendar was basically the new Han Solo because Han Solo was frozen. Because uh, Shadows of the Empire took place in between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Oh, okay. So Han Solo wasn't in it, so they needed their new scoundrel character, and uh, Dash Rendar was the, was the scoundrel of it and he had a robot that's basically like chewbacca he had a ship called the outrider which basically looks the same as the millennium falcon sort of it's like kind of like shaped a little bit differently but yeah he's basically the new han solo is what he was he falls to his death down a pit a lot dash render yeah. <laughs> i mean uh, he he might have well in the game he does oh yeah sure and there was a swoop bikes and all that oh yeah 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 there's a whole like part where you're racing through a, a town on Speeder bikes. Yeah, that was uh, most sizely. That's what that was. That was a fun level. Yeah, no, it's a, it 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 doesn't. Uh, according to Wikipedia, which is not necessarily something you can trust, but it says it says that they didn't do Shadows of the Empire. But I thought they did something at some point. I don't know. Regardless, that first level of Shadows of the Empire, you could tell was a major inspiration for Rogue Squadron, and maybe they played it and they were like, "Hey, look at this." But yeah, they made a whole thing like that which that's important. But all the stuff that we talked about brings me to my number three. My number three is Super Empire Strikes Back on Super Nintendo, which is, uh, you know, the thing that happened before Shadows of the Empire in the timeline of Star Wars, whatever. 
the reason I think of that game is uh, it did come out, I think, around the time of Christmas, but over half the game is in the snow. It's all Hoth, so it's definitely a wintertime game. I, I played it. I did a stream of it. Actually, I did a stream of it on Twitch, like, last week, last Sunday, and the game froze on me, which was, was kind of funny, but not funny at the same time. But that's what, I, that's what you get when you play cartridge games, I guess, and try to steer, stream them. But if you watch the YouTube video that I made, I do a funny little thing like while, it's, while it freezes, so I thought that was funny. But yeah, that's one I think of, because most of the game takes place on, on Hoth. Like, you got to play through a bunch of Luke, then you got to play a bunch through a bunch of Han, Han and Hoth. So, yeah, snow, lots of snow. There's, there, so does the game end with you? Like, does your stream end with you, like the game freezing? Is that Was that it? Uh, no, I had to restart it. I restarted it with a, a password, <laughs> basically, because oh, okay. I didn't want to play it again. But I did a nice little, like, Star Wars scroll thing that goes by that talks about, like, how my game's... Uh, how my game froze and I had to restart it and all that, clean it off. I thought it was funny. It was it was like a thing I could do in the editing software that I had, so it it made me laugh. I guess watching it, but yeah, that's that's my number three game for the winter because you know when it gets super super cold, we all think of Hoth, or at least on Facebook, a lot of people do. Like, man, this is cold, like Hoth cold, right? You already made that Hoth reference, <laughs> yeah. So my uh, number three Christmas game is Super Smash Brothers Melee because that came out Melee uh, just after the GameCube came out, like a month later, right in time for Christmas, and I got that for Christmas. And I, again, it was one of those you just go downstairs immediately after presents and just spend three hours in the basement having fun playing the games. Yeah, and that game, of course, really was uh, the beginning. I mean, there was the N64 original, but to me, Smash really began on the GameCube, and uh, I'm still playing it to this day. I was playing it earlier this week at work. We have a copy. People love to play. So. Do, do they have it like set up to really you can just play it whenever? Yeah, we have it in the break room. We have a GameCube. Yeah. And, uh, well, Melee is the, the one. Melee is the one that like everybody really? goes to. Well, I mean, it's like a. It's still an Evo, you know, like the you know, like the the esports uh, fighting game thing. Evo right. is like, you know, that's the game that's never going to leave is Melee because Melee really. is like the holy grail by for most Smash Brothers players, you know. 16 years running now. But I mean, that'll be the one that everybody's like, that was the perfect one. You know, that's the one that you will see. And I mean, you even see, like I said, you even see some of those like original wrestling games like on there, like for some of those competitive stuff, because that was the standard. That was when they perfected it, you know, and everything was different from there. How about you, Jeremy? What's your number three? Number three is a bit obscure, but once again, I'm just kind of digging because I don't think I've ever mentioned this before. Once again, a game I got for Christmas as a gift for my grandmother. I don't know where she got it, but it was this weird-ass game that I've since bought back on eBay. It's called Quattro Adventure. I've talked about this on the show before. Quattro Adventure. I don't know if it's focusing on it very well, but yeah. It's got four games on it, and uh, on the back of it, it's kind of strange but there's like a switch in here and uh you're supposed to leave it where it is but if it doesn't work then you change it so it says yeah it has a uh, weird thing on the yeah only only use it on position b unless it doesn't work and then try position a so i don't really know what (laughs) only leave it here unless it doesn't work sticking out you can see there it's a very strange game it's made by codemasters they're the ones who did the game genie is it a rare game it's not rare no I think I bought this on eBay for six or seven bucks, and uh, there's four games on it. It's Treasure Island Dizzy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lina, <laughs> Linus Spacehead, Super Robin Hood, and Bo- Boomerang Kid. And they're all pretty different games, and they're all actually kind of fun. I've booted this up a few times. One thing I really like, the I think the music is really good in all of them. Like I don't know what it is. This was just a, at a good point in the history of Nintendo where a lot of the theories and the sound really well. And uh, so even on these games that were, I don't know if you call them indie games. I mean, they're low budget games that are being crammed on a four cart. They could have been the uh, original indies. The music's good. Well, I think that they were also uh, released on PC. Yeah. I've heard of like, Linus. Space or something. Well, we, uh, yeah, I, was... I think, I think they were on other systems like, and then they reported to Nintendo eventually. Well, we, as I was saying, we, we did talk about it in episode 99. Because aren't they the same guys who did that, uh, the um, American Idol game that you got? Yes, they are. Yeah, yep. yeah, Codemasters. Yeah, <laughs> I remember you mentioning that in episode 99. So if you haven't heard that, go back and look at it. 
you know, as you're enjoying it, as you're enjoying your Christmas feast and all that. There it is. Which, uh, which you have it, and you it had told us before that you had it. So now, now we know. But you know. but anyway, my, my grandma bought us this game. We I have no idea where the hell she got it. <laughs> it was such a weird thing when we opened it up. Like we were, we were like dumbfounded by it. It was a brand new game, but the package was different than any, any other Nintendo game. Of course, it was this weird gold cartridge, but it wasn't Zelda. And it had the Switch on the back, and we're like, what the hell? But it had four games on it, and like it entertained the hell out of us. We played we played it a lot, and uh, like I never beat Treasure Island Dizzy, but it's it's actually kind of a it's like a point and click adventure game, pretty much converted to the Nintendo. And then the uh, line of Spaceheads, just I love the music in it. I use the there's a when I do my retro revival videos on YouTube, that's a, a song from Line of Spaceheads. That's my uh, it's like it. I use it sometimes for uh, sound effects. Oh, okay. Because the music's so good. I love it. So, I mean, yeah, we got it for Christmas. We played it a lot. Every time it's December, I think about this game. I wish I wish I knew, like, where was it your grandma? Like, where she got it from? Because you said, like, you don't know where she would have found it. I mean, but it was... Yeah, the, and she unfortunately, she's gone, so I can't ask yeah, her. Yeah, we but. can't interview her. That's, I was just like, I mean, this is the 80s. It was like the Wild West of video games. Like, it could have been anywhere. Like I remember, it would have probably been like ninety one or ninety two. I think she got this for us. Oh, okay. Well, I remember like a, like I remember like my church would hand out like a, they had like a phone book of like Christian like a, whatever, you know, Christian people who own businesses or whatever, and there were places yeah. there were like car repair places that sold like the Bible adventure games and stuff like that. Yeah. So oh, I mean, that could, you could have got it from anywhere. That one too, but not for Christmas. But I did own that at one point. Yeah. But I remember, she like, she spent so she weird. spent like sixty bucks on it too. She like she spent a lot of money, and she's like, I just want to because I was there when she bought it, and I just even as a kid being like, holy cow, she's paying full price for this game. You better play and, it, uh, right? <laughs> and she's like, I just want to make sure that you are playing wholesome Nintendo games, you know, that aren't bad and violent. And I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> Come to find out, you be, you beat the shit out of animals as Noah in that game. But you got to stack animals and, and throw them throw around, a, right? And you can yeah. throw Moses into the river. <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> I mean, that, that's way more violent than Super Mario, right? <laughs> I could never kill another human in those games. In this one, I can kill an infant. Yeah, right. It's, uh, it ends up becoming like more, uh, way more violent than the other ones. And then if you don't protect baby Moses, the fucking Egyptians kill him. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean for that to sound racist, but it's literally the Egyptians <laughs> that you're just trying to escape from. Well, yeah, they're the trying ones to, are coming they after. They start stabbing the baby with their spear if you don't protect him. <laughs> yeah, right. Back then when you saw those games, like I remember seeing the, the Bible games every so often. The ones that were like weird had the, the switches on the back or were a different yeah. color or whatever. It's like you didn't know what to make of it because it wasn't like today where you, you, you kind of know about all this odd stuff thanks to the internet. It's just this weird Nintendo cartridge shows up. Well, it's like you just don't know what it is. It's like the Tengens, right? Do you remember the Tengens? Yeah, I saw the Tengen. I remember seeing Tengen Tetris. Yeah, no, uh, I, my uh, buddy of mine in, in high school, he had the Tengen Tetris, and I was like, mm-hmm. "There's these different Tetrises that I've." But all I knew was the Game Boy Tetris. Like that was the only one that I yeah. had. But there was the NES one that was like that one, but in color. But then there was the Tengen right. one that was completely different, and we were like. Okay, you know, we didn't think that it was something different or whatever. Yeah, we didn't have the yeah. internet and be able to find out. You're just like the cartridge is black. I don't know why, but yeah, and know, it was shaped it weird is. at yeah, the end too. Years, I remember like it was it, like, years later before I realized all that. I had played. Yeah, yeah no, I played Tengen Tetris because I I was like, we got Tetris eventually for the Nintendo, but I played it at my mom's best friend's house years before, and I remember there being two player. And I was so confused because I'm like, I remember this game had two players simultaneous, but it's yeah. not on here. But then you played a different yeah. one that didn't have that it, on there. It yeah. was, I think it was like college before I figured out finally, oh, that was an actual different version of yeah, Tetris. Yeah, the, the Tengen or the Tengen, however you pronounce it. But I remember, yeah, yeah they uh, looked weird. They were like sloped over. And... Once again, I don't know if that whatever happened in that game, that was my mom's friend's game, so I don't know if she still had it or whatever, but it's worth a pretty penny now. Oh, sure. But it was, yeah, it was a crazy world where we could not... But how, but how strange when you think about it, like... Uh, the quote unquote Christian game games were like kind of shady. Like they were on bootleg cartridges and they were like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Like in the case of like Noah's Ark 3d, oh, I guess yeah. it wasn't a bootleg game cause they bought the license to use the engine or whatever, but still it was kind of just like, uh, the stuff that doesn't seem right here. It doesn't seem moral. <laughs> well, I mean, right from, 
circumventing the Nintendo system through, you might say, dishonest means, but it's for a Christian game, so it's a good cause. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because uh, nothing has ever been bad for Christianity, right? Oh. But, uh, you Ooh, know, yeah. Getting real over here. <laughs> but, uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry, Merry Xmas, by the way. We're on Christmas. We're against it. What's up? I'm kidding. I'm kidding, guys. It's all right. Um, I forget. I was going to say something before I got a, before I went all anti uh, war against Christmas, as they call it. Oh no, I was going to say something about uh the Noah's Ark 3D. Uh, from what I heard, they uh, sold the, the they sold the engine to them because the guys who did Wolfenstein 3D felt that they got fucked over in some way by Nintendo. Is that isn't that true? And they gave it to Noah's Ark because they didn't feel like they weren't able to do what they wanted to on the system or whatever, and that's why they're like, oh, they do whatever you want. I forget where I read that. I read that somewhere about it, like how they yeah, got Yeah, I don't engine. know. I don't know how it worked, but... Yeah. That, once again, you're just like, what? How's this, like... I don't know. I just and, remember playing that game at my friend's house. I don't, he got a copy somehow. I think it must have been a, a Grandma Christmas situation, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, where she somehow found it at an end cap at Target or something like that, right? <laughs> right, yeah. And I was like, so I remember you like shooting at goats or something, or I don't know, like shooting. Aren't you shooting like Christmas, Sleep, uh, sleeping pills or something? No, you're shooting sl- sleeping pills at the animals to uh, oh, sleeping pills. At basically, the animals, get them yeah. to behave on the ark. That's basically what you're doing. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you put them to sleep because they've they've gotten crazy, you know, for being on this ship for however long. Which I understand, you know, I would have gotten crazy too. Right, right. You know, you just got to you got to put them down, but not completely down. You know, <laughs> you got to put them to put them to sleep, but not forever sleep. You know, like. Uh, Shoot uh, sleep pellets into their mouths because they've gotten crazy. They're they're gonna try you to kill all them the other. Just put them to sleep, uh, and then you're like kidnapping them against their will. Well, they they're already kidnapped. The rest of their species, <laughs> the rest of their species is dead now. Yeah, you got to shoot the pill version of Jesus juice in, in their mouths. Basically, what you got to do there. No, it was just <laughs> running around the ark, just hurling sleeping pills at all the animals. That's what he was doing frantically. Well, you know, they they probably got out of control. Is what I'm saying. They were, you know, was forty days, forty nights, whatever. Like they were in there for a long time. That's like a month and a day or something like that. You know, people can get crazy. Or a month and a week and a half, something like that. <laughs> I don't know. No one, like two weeks into the trip, everyone's like, "No, we're so bored." He's like, "All right, I got an idea. Let all the animals out." <laughs> and we'll shoot the sleeping pills at them. And then we're going to use these slingshots and all, all these these quaaludes I brought with me. And we're just going <laughs> to... Quaaludes? We, we, we have all that's left from all the pharmacies. They're all covered in water. We got all the pills. Now <laughs> shoot still, them into yeah. the giraffe's mouth. And somehow we're going to get them back to the pen after that. I don't know how yet, but just shoot them. They're going to stack them, you know, like the NES game, one after another. All right, yeah. Throw them in there. Yeah. Maybe I already figured that out. <laughs> My favorite part about that, too, is like you could you could carry like five cows... But you could also like rotate them while you're holding them. Like you could have the like you could rotate the stack so that one of the cows would move down and then back up to the top. Well, the Lord will give you the power to do that. That's what I'm saying. If you have faith, make it work. You can rotate all the cows you need. <laughs> it's fight or flight, man. The fucking world's about to flood. You got to save the animals. Yeah, you have super strength. You can lift cars up and you can throw cows. You got to tell those pharmacies afterwards. That you'll, that you'll you're like, save how them. did I do that? Like, give give I, us I your just... sleeping pills. We'll save you, and then they drown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, how do I do? I don't know. Uh, adrenaline kicked in. Anyway, we're at number two, right? Number two. Are we at one? Number we're at two. two, right? Number two. We're at two. All right. All right. Number two. This is another a winter-themed game. Silent Hill Shattered Memories. Did you ever play that game on the Wii? It's a good game. Oh, I, I forgot they put one out on the Wii, didn't they? You played it a little bit, because I remember there's a part. Cause it's a really good game. I actually like it a lot. It starts off with you being at like a being at a psychiatrist, and he asks you a bunch of questions about things. And like oh, depending right. on what you answer, like changes the game because I actually played it and then I showed it to you and you played it and that beginning was completely different between the two of us depending on what you answered. It's a really right. fucking cool game. It takes place like in the Silent Hill town, whatever town of Silent Hill, whatever the fuck it's called. But it's during the winter and everything's super cold. And uh, what I love about the game is uh, you don't have any weapons at all. You just constantly run from the demons that are chasing you. And there's, like, exploring time, and there's running time. And when you get to the running time, everything kind of just freezes over. So it's, like, all about the snow. And, like, the picture, like, the front cover of the game has, like, you know, a girl, like, in a, like, on a swing set, like, completely frozen over. Like, it's all about, like, the winter and, like, freezing and all that shit. And it's a really cool game. And I remember playing it, 
and I played the first part, but you were playing a part that I didn't even see. And there's a part where you can use the Wiimote to like unzip like coats. <laughs> Do you remember that? And I remember uh, you were playing it and like pulling the zipper down. And you're like, wow, this, this game is great. <laughs> it's so interactive. <laughs> it's like a joke, but. I thought it was hilarious. But that game's really, really cool. I would love to do, like, I mean, I have the Wii U set up now on my thing now. I'd love to do a stream of that at some point in the future. I mean, I'd hope to eventually stream all of the games I ever had, you know, and then I can die happy after that or something. But, you know, it's a cool game. It's super wintry. It's very scary. And on the WART radio, the the winter episode, there's a song from that as well, because there's some very scary, icy shit in there. But... If you want to see, like, you know, like, cold death demon stuff, that's probably where you want to go to. For if you want to feel really cold and scared in your apartment, it's a good, good uh, game to play for that one, for my number two. It is, isn't it? it one, and one cool thing about that, uh, if you pre-ordered it, you got the soundtrack for free, which I got. And that's what I put on the WART radio, was the free uh, CD that I got way back in the day when that wasn't as much of a thing, you know. Even though Jeremy said in previous episodes, they should be giving out records now. I mean, really? CDs or whatever. Xenoblade Deluxe, if it came with a record, I would have totally got that shit. Which I love. I wish that Nintendo would release records. They haven't, but that's a whole other thing. We'll talk about it on another episode. Anyway, number two. How cool would it be if there was like a little indentation in the the middle of the record where you could fit the cartridge so the Switch cartridge would like clip into the record? Oh, yeah. That'd be cool. It could be like a actually my uh there's a really good movie called uh you weren't there. It's a documentary about uh, original punk in Chicago from the seventies. And a buddy of mine he bought the deluxe edition, and it's basically a record of the music from the bands that are in the movie. And then there's a little tiny DVD like in the middle of the record, which reminded oh, cool. me of that. So yeah, he got the deluxe edition has a record and then the DVD in the middle, which I think is pretty fucking rad. But yeah, they could do that in the same way and have the little cartridge in the middle of the record. You know, anyway, what do you got for number Are you two, John? Nintendo, do it. Yeah, for my number two, I've got uh, a little game called Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. What that game? Got yeah. that for Christmas. Yep. And again, I uh, went right downstairs, played the game. Uh, you you can imagine after I think it was about two years that I knew about the game, just anticipating it, looking at it in magazines and. Uh, at that point, having not seen any videos, because it was really before the internet was, you know, alive and kicking. Sure. Um, first thing that I saw when I started the game was a nice, peaceful scene of a horse going across a valley. Oh, yeah. And that soft music. It was just like, I've never played a game like this before. I've never played a game that, from the start, asked me to just, like, take a moment and, like, breathe and soak in the beauty. And, uh, yeah, uh, I just have a very clear memory of firing up the game for the first time. I was just struck by that. Yes, that was a great Christmas. Christmas 1998. Yeah. I actually have a, I have a funny story about Ocarina of Time. Speaking of that, like Ocarina of Time came out. I had a, I had just graduated high school. I just started going to school at LCC where I met Jeremy. And uh, I had pre-ordered the game. Like I paid for it at a, at a Toys R Us in Peoria. Where I, you know, where I was born and grew up and all that. And I remember I went and got the game. Like it came out like right before Thanksgiving, I think. I bought the game. I played a little bit of it. I'm like, yeah, it's okay. And I, and I remember I left it in my dorm room at, at a, at LCC. And I went to go see my dad for, for Thanksgiving. I didn't take the game with me. I didn't take the 64 or whatever. I left it there. And I like went there for like a couple days and I come back and my roommate was like, dude, He's like, this game that you left is fucking insane. Like, it's crazy. Like, you got to see this fucking game. And it was really, it was really cool. Like, I played it a little bit. And I'm like, eh, it's whatever, you know. And then I left, and I came back, and they're like, dude, this game's fucking crazy. Like, we've all been playing it. We've all been watching it. Like, it's fucking balls out, like off the charts. Like, it's fucking insane. You got to see it. So it was, was kind of cool. Like, it was a cool thing to come back to. Like, seriously, he like grab, grabbed me, like with his eyes wide open. He's like, dude, this is the fucking craziest game I've ever seen. Like, seriously, <laughs> this is amazing. I think he said it was the best thing he had seen since Final Fantasy VII. It was that. It was that time, you know. Yeah. But yeah, yeah it was. Uh, yeah, it was, was kind of cool that I just. Which had only been about a year since that game had come out. Yeah. Well, yeah, because yeah, that was '97, and uh, yeah, it was '98. But I just thought it was funny that I just kind of, you know, I had to go do some family stuff, and I came back, and I was just like, oh, you know, it might be okay. But then, like, people were like. No, dude, we've been playing it. Like people, everybody's been watching it. Like, dude, this shit is like off the hook, like big time. And then I started playing, and then I had not gotten as far as they had, and they were like, oh, you got to, you know, 
you know, thanks for leaving it here, but dude, this shit's crazy. And then I started playing it on my own. I'm like, all right, all right, cool. So I'd like, you know, so I got to see all this crazy shit, but I just, I've never, I don't think I've ever had that happen to me really after that, you know, where you leave a game and somebody tries it and then you come back. You're like, dude, this shit is amazing. Like way fucking crazier than anything I've ever seen. You wouldn't do that now. You you take your games with you everywhere you go. Well, now we got the switch. You can take it wherever you go. Yeah. But no, I would have never done that. That's probably the first time I ever did that where I did not take a system with me when I left, you know, cause I didn't, well, I mean in the nineties, I didn't really, if I was leaving for a couple of days, I didn't take my system with me, but yeah, no, I do that all the time boy. now, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that would have been just a straight up game boy, game boy pocket, I guess would, would have been what I had at the time, but play a Pokemon yeah. or something. Yeah. Well, yeah, Pokemon would have been out by then, but yeah, no, it's just crazy. Uh, just a crazy, crazy game that just, you know, just set every, everything on its head, you know, just flipped it all over. That's that same friend that uh, I played his copy of Shadows of the Empire also got Zelda like the following year I think for it would have been the year it came out and I and I came over and played that yeah S- the same way like up until the middle of the night playing it every night and yeah. it took me about a month to beat it because I had to you know go over to his house to play it and then I play like these really long sessions of it well I remember like some but, of the some of the first times that we hung out that a uh, Jeremy and I hung out with uh, Majora's Mask. Was playing Majora's yeah. Mask in my in my uh, dorm room at the at the college and all that. And that was the I mean, well, that was a couple of years after because Majora's Mask was two thousand. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but I remember doing that, like playing the game, and you like fall asleep on the futon or whatever, like doing that, doing that shit. And I remember going to Toys R Us and you uh, swimming around with the masks on and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you got for number two, Jeremy? Number two. I got to say. Uh... A new one, Breath of the Wild. Oh, that's because that's not a Christmas snow game at all. Oh yeah, no, it does have snow parts. You're true. You're you're true. You're correct. And I'm breaking. Are, up, I'm breaking out from games I got for Christmas. Uh, that's fine. It's just a game. It's just a wintry game. So it's got like a lot of wintry stuff in it. Like uh, you know the very the very uh, the can, Great Plateau that you start out on. The very beginning, you got to like figure out how to stay warm in the snow to get one of the original four. Uh, spirit orbs in the game oh yeah that's true so, that's true so yeah the snow the snow is pretty important to that game and the temperature and you can roll snowballs and they get bigger as they roll like i think that's how you get open up one of the shrines you have to like roll a giant snowball down into the side of a mountain to break the door down uh-huh. so that shield pretty surf. Cool. yeah shield surfing yeah, is cool. shield surf. there's snow everywhere and uh the water's cold you die if you get in the water which i think started back in ocarina of time mario 64 yeah, that too. And uh, yeah, in Super Mario sixty four, uh, in any of the snow levels, if you get in the water, you die. Well, I mean your your health bar like slowly ticks away, like if you're in the cold water. I think. That's... Oh yeah, snow snow bowling, which we all did to grind for a bunch of money. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that was the best way to do it. That's where you get the what like three hundred bucks per strike or whatever, four hundred bucks, something like that. But yeah, that's. Uh... I'm happy that it's a new game that wasn't out last year when I was mentioning snow levels. Well, I think we mentioned... That game's, that game's got some pretty good snow levels. I think we mentioned uh, probably at the end of 2015 and the end of 2016 just how sad of a... just how, how sad of a winter it was going to be without another Zelda game. Because, I mean, if you remember way back when, we did wait a really long time for that Breath of the Wild game. And we thought it was coming out, yeah, in December of 2015. 20- 15, I think. Yeah, no, it was supposed to come out at the same time as Xenoblade Chronicles X. And uh, and I was like, I was thinking like, oh my god, this is going to be like the greatest like RPG Christmas of all time, because I'll have Xenoblade and Zelda, and then Zelda didn't come out. And then the next year, Zelda didn't come out, because they held it over for the Switch. But it was like we had to go through t- two cold winters without a new Zelda game. <laughs> you know, it was like, mm-hmm. ugh. But didn't, I always uh, have to wonder, like, when they were delay a game for you know, one year and then two years like that. It's like, I want to know what did they add in those two years, right? Like, they basically doubled the length of the development cycle. It was originally supposed to come out in 2015, but, like, obviously in 2015 it was close enough to be finished that they uh, had put out footage and, like, talked about the game. and Mm, Not a whole lot, though. I think in 2015 all they had showed is, like, that E3 thing where they showed, like, the like the grass moving and then it showed like the the guardian moving around but you know nintendo like they're super like hardcore about polishing which is what makes them one of the greatest video game companies of all time is that they're like you know what miyamoto said before 
like a great game that's delayed so many times is still great, but a bad game that's released early is still a bad game or whatever. I totally paraphrase that, but he said something similar to that, you know, where it's like, it's fine. If you want to delay it and it's going to be fucking great when it comes out, then delay it. You know, I mean, it's just, people are in that. it's their own, like, you know, it's their own, it's their own perfectionism, which make, which is what makes them, like I said, one of the best game makers of all time. And hey, I what mean, about in my opinion, uh, this the year best game? Not delaying yeah. anything that they said they were going to release this year, right? I mean, that's crazy yeah. that they didn't delay anything. But they stuck to all their release dates for all their uh, first-party games this year, which is pretty awesome. But yeah, they weren't going to release it. Like even if it was ready, they weren't going to release it on the Wii U because they wanted it well, to be once, a system seller for the Switch. Well, yeah, once they realized that they so were going to so throw to a Wii U under the, the bus and do a different system. They, and I think it could have been done by 2016, but probably 2015, they probably didn't have it where they thought it was going to be. And you also have to realize, like, at that time, this was the first time that Nintendo had first got into HD games. And I feel like they just didn't quite know where they were at, maybe, you know, and they're like, I think I remember reading an interview with a- with Aonuma or something where it's like, where he was like, oh shit, like, everything is like way crazier than we thought it was going to be. Like, it's a lot bigger. Like, there's, you know, this is not as quick as we thought it was going to be because before that they were making standard definition stuff. So I think, you know, once they got to this, what, you know, they, they're always very ambitious. And I think like what they were thinking about getting to, it's like, holy shit, like we might need a little bit longer to make this work. You know, they're not just going to throw it out like a, WWE 2K18 or something like that. Where if we can't figure out how to do it, we'll just throw it out. You know, make it bad. Nintendo would never do that. You know, I think that's why they delay things. I think they delay it because it is not to where the, you know it needs to be working. They're they're not day one patch type people. You know, they're not going to do day one DLC to fix the game. They're going to put it out and make it good to begin with. So that's how I feel about that. Anyway, you guys ready to get to number one? Number, number one. one. All right. This is number. This is one that I have to do for number one. It's not necessarily. A winter game? Well, I mean, it's a Christmas game for me. My number one game is Super Mario Brothers 1 on NES because I got that game for Christmas when I was a kid. And I remember, like, that being a big thing. Like, my dad got it for our family and, like, me and my sisters and my mom and my dad, we, like, put a TV, like, in our dining room, like, next to the table. And we played Super Mario Brothers for Christmas. And that was the big deal was us playing that game. And it was the NES. Like, I had rented it before with my mom and played Goonies 2. The games, whatever. But uh, we got Super Mario Bros. 1, and that's probably one of my favorite Christmas stories ever. It's just like uh, us as a family sitting around playing the game and like passing the controller and just, you know, everybody trying to jump and like moving it around and all that. So that has to be my number one Christmas game, Super Mario Bros. 1, which is probably also one of the best games of all time. You know, well, I haven't played that like one yet. That's my number one. <laughs> you never played Super Mario Bros. 1? Lies. No, I haven't gotten around to it yet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, what is this Super Mario Bros. One that you're talking about? Fuck that shit. I'm into I'm Assassin's not Creed. Or- copies of it right I'm into now. Assassin's Creed Origin. You played that shit? What? No. Whatever. <laughs> Kidding. Fuck those games. But yeah, that's that's my number one Christmas game because I mean, that's probably my first video game Christmas was Super Mario Bros. One. I mean, it's hard to get away from that. We want to talk about games we got for Christmas. It has to be Super yep. Mario Bros. One. That was mine the- too. Yeah. That, that's Mine yours as well. Yeah, Super Mario Brothers one. Yep. Yeah. Uh, actually, I, I I lump in a couple other games because I got the uh, I got the, the the Power Pad set for Christmas. Oh, okay. So it came with the Nintendo, the Power Pad, the Zapper, and then the three in one cartridge. I had uh, Super Mario Brothers one, uh, Duck Hunt, and World Class Track Meet. Yeah. So that's my number one Christmas game. Is that cartridge? Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, Duck Hunt was in there as well, but I don't remember playing Duck Hunt on Christmas. I feel like we just played. I feel like we just played Super Mario Brothers. Like I'm sure, I'm sure we did a little bit, you know. But I don't. But the memory that I have is just us playing Super Mario Brothers, not Duck Hunt, which I'm sure we did. It just has not resonated, I guess, with me, right, my right, memories, right. and all that shit. Yeah, we got the we got the NES uh, from my uncle, and it was like the best present ever. Like to this day, I mean, it's just. It's given me so many memories and uh, good times. You know, we, we all know about that. Yeah. But um, yeah, the NES, you can't beat it. That's Christmas present ever. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's what that's what began all of this. I mean, I would have never known that like 30 years later, I'd be doing a, doing a podcast just about my right. love for Nintendo. But, you know, who knew? But uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's our generation. We get to see like all of the uh, 
all of video games, like the rise of video games, the beginning and now what it is now, you know, it's crazy. But yeah, that's, I agree with you on that. What do you got for number one, Jeremy? We didn't get to see it all. We didn't get to see it from the very beginning, but we got, we got, we got the post crash view of it when it started to really get good, you know, when it came back from the dead. Well, I didn't have an Atari, but I played an Atari. Right. Ataris were everywhere. Like, yeah, Yeah. I played an Atari before I ever played a Nintendo. I did too. I actually, I wish you could have ended on you and John because I'm not. <laughs> you could just say your number one is Super you Mario Brothers. You just have to list a game that's also. better than Super Mario Brothers. What's the big deal? <laughs> not possible. I know I can't, and uh, and my Mario Brothers experience was not on Christmas because we got our, we did get our Nintendo for Christmas, but my dad gave it to us a couple weeks early, so I could tell that story, or I could just say uh, what I got: Donkey Kong sixty four. Yeah, uh, Nintendo sixty four. <laughs> Nowhere that near was the Super first Mario Brothers one, but hey. ever bought us like. Seriously, that's the first time we'd ever gotten like a brand new game that had just come out as our gift. Like my parents splurged on us that year. They spent a lot of money on it too because it was mm-hmm. it cost more. I think it was a seventy dollar game, maybe eighty. Well, it, well I mean, who knows? It, like, it came with the expansion, yeah, pack. with the RAM pack. Right. So anyway, bananas. But I remember just being so freaking like shocked that they got that for us because like they had, like I said they don't they were always like we're not going to buy you the new game. You know, we're going to wait two or three months and then we're going to get it for half the price or less when people sell it, which is smart. At the time, the internet wasn't ruining games for us. So, you know, as kids, <laughs> it sucked to wait, but well, it was getting ruined. I mean, IGN was still around. Like, I mean, I, I read, read a lot of their reviews and I think I'd read the review of Donkey Kong 64 probably by then. I mean, I, I remember renting it and then buying it on the cheap later. Right. It ended up it ended up being somewhat disappointing, unfortunately. But I will say my brother loved it. And so I watched him play through most of it. He beat it. Like he uh, got everything in it. because um, he's crazy. Yeah. Well, and, I mean it's And I was like yeah. I remember being like super like my brother would have been let's see, when that game came out I would have been fifteen or six no, it would have been sixteen. I think is when it came out, right? Did it come out in ninety eight? No, it came out in No, later than that. Ninety nine. I would say ninety nine. I was gonna say you're old you were older than that. So I would have been 17. So my brother was like 12, and he was able to beat the original Don- like the original Donkey Kong, which you had to do in order to uh, yeah. unlock the things. Yeah, no, well, I mean, I'm if a, you want to get... I just being super... Yeah, like, if you want to get the ultimate ending, that. you have to do that. Yeah, it was, uh, well, uh, it was November 22nd, 1999, that's when it came out. So it's uh, 18 years old. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but I just remembered like, being like more almost more excited about the expansion pack, because I knew that we could play Perfect Dark... And yeah, I wanted to be able to play Perfect Dark, but, and you had to have the expansion pack to do all, like the multiplayer on it, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I think you had to do it for single player too, but you had to get the whole experience of Perfect Dark. You needed it. Same with like Rogue Squadron or like Turok Two. There yeah. was there was a lot of uh, Majora's Mask. Like there were a lot of games that you needed the uh, the RAM expansion. But I was genuinely that was like one of the few times I remember being genuinely surprised by a video game at Christmas because well we would get games from time to time. And they were usually games we asked for, you know, like, mm-hmm. but they had been out for a while. But that was the first time, like, this brand new game that had just come out. Like, we did not expect to get that that year. So that was pretty exciting. And we played it all day. And like I said, my brother, I had actually ended up enjoying watching my brother play it more than playing it myself. Yeah. Didn't, didn't you guys gather around for the intro, too, right? And then weren't your parents like... Oh, yeah. It was like... <laughs> He's a hell of a guy. What? <laughs> you know, yeah, for the DK. Like, Wait, what? Donkey Kong. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's like that a was cuss word in it. Even yeah. At, yeah. Even at age 17, yeah. I'm like, this is weird. This is like, it hell? Che- yeah. It's cheesy. The the intro well, of it. Yeah. The I intro. Remember, they that's being shocked by that. That's the very end of it where they're like, uh, DK's a hell of a guy. <laughs> it says it in the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think they. Uh, how, did, how did that slip by? I think they edited it for the Smash Brothers Melee because that song is in there, like as uh, one of the things. But I don't think they have the hell of a guy in there. I think they cut that line because there's like a faster, like sort of rap version. Well, it is a rap version, but faster version of it. But I don't think it's, it's like a there. remix. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd call it a remix. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. I remember watching it and being like, "Oh, I didn't expect that to be a <laughs> hell of a guy." Which is funny because yeah, now there's an entire yeah. like music video at the beginning. Yeah. That was strange. It's funny because like now, uh, like Xenoblade Chronicles Two, like that's Nintendo produced like second party thing. They say fuck constantly in that game. Like I don't know if you noticed that. Like, and they Do have they? some. They have some of the most hilarious like lines ever. Like I, I can't think of one offhand, but like just 
cuss like just cussing things that don't make any sense where it's like ass hat or something like that but not that one makes more sense but yeah there's a lot of like funny cussing in it i guess it's that game rated I, I they totally say fucking it a few times i don't i mean i don't know if, then, right? i don't know i haven't bought i haven't bought a switch ca- cartridge in a long time i can't really tell you <laughs> i'd have to look on the eShop to find out but but yeah there i mean there's like hardcore i mean they say fuck a lot or whatever and there's some pretty hilarious shit in there <laughs> For, for for whatever, but yeah, pretty hilarious duty. Yeah, it's a family podcast. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's been our that's been our uh, top five games, right? That's number one. That's all of them. Yeah, it's any... been your uh, special Christmas stocking stuffer. Yeah, this is our special post Christmas episode here for you to listen to while we're all on break. You know, because we got tired of editing podcasts for you every week, or maybe I did. I the one who edits them. <laughs> anyway, this is our time to you know. To reflect and have some time off and play a lot of Switch games is my plan. Do but, some research you know. for future podcasts. Right? Yeah. Well, play a lot of those indies so I can figure out the best indie of 2017. That's what I'm trying to do. But, you know. Anyway, thanks for listening to us on your Christmas break and all that. Hopefully you enjoyed our top five games that are on there that we just did. Um, you know, you can catch us at NintendoMadePodcast.com. And uh, you can find us on YouTube slash F-I-N-G-M-A-T-E-R or Fingmater. And uh, you can email us at NintendoMainPodcast at gmail.com and all that fun stuff. We've been your hosts. I'm Trey Johnson. I'm Jeremy Mikowski. John Nitter. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week for our Game of the Year episode. Our Games of the Year and a bunch of categories and shit like that. See you next week. Merry Christmas. See ya. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah.